Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today we are continuing our devotional Bible study reading of Matthew chapter 13. And we're picking up where we left off yesterday. We're in verse 31. And if you're just joining us, I would encourage you to at least go back a couple days and start at the beginning of Matthew chapter 13, because as we do this introduction to the Gospels, we're walking through the book of Matthew and we're looking at it this week, at least parable by parable. And we're looking at what Jesus meant by some of these things that he was teaching. Now, if you would like to dive a little bit deeper, we have additional resources for you that are linked in the show notes. We have daily journaling prompts, and I love journaling because it helps you get that information from your head into your heart. And then we also have family discussion guides that, of course, go along with this content, as well as the content of the kids show, which, again, teaches these same concepts, but in a way that's easy for kids to understand. So I'd love to walk through some of that with you. If you need even deeper dive, we have spiritual direction, a life coaching available. You can head to shehears.org or check out the link in the show notes for that as well. So we're in verse 31 and I'm reading from the NIV. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables, and he did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and he went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds of the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, if you've been studying with us over the last couple of days, you'll know that this is a bit of a continuation of what we've been studying and we will get to Jesus's interpretation. But first, I want to talk about the stories of the mustard seed and the leaven. The point of both of these parables is that the mighty kingdom that everyone expected could start from seemingly obscure beginnings like Jesus and his disciples. You know, he did not come in a way that everyone expected him to. They 
were surprised that he was even the Messiah because they expected a military leader like David as the son of David, or at the very least, a political leader. And here is this healer. And he's got this ragtag bunch of guys that he has pulled, many of them very young, very inexperienced, fishermen, local leaders, not what you would expect as far as who's going to completely change the world. And so he does this explanation with these stories of both the mustard seed and the leaven from the bread. Now, scholars still to this day will dispute what plant exactly is meant by the mustard seed. But what we have to recognize is Jesus was talking to a specific people group. Matthew's book was written to a specific people group. And so they would have understood exactly what he meant by the mustard seed. It was some sort of plant that they were familiar with. And basically this idea, regardless of what seed it was, it's this idea that the smallest of seeds, the smallest of the seeds, at least that Jesus's listeners could have known, because there are other seeds that are smaller, just as a gardener, I know there are seeds that are smaller than a mustard seed. But from what he was referring to, what they would have understood, the point is they could recognize that it was a very small seed that would yield this large plant. And specifically around the Sea of Galilee, the mustard plant can reach a height of 10 feet, sometimes as high as 15 feet, but yet it started with this tiny little seed. And so this is a hyperbole that Jesus is using, and it's giving this image of growth from tiny to large. And up until this point, That is not something that had been explained. As far as the kingdom of God, he's talking about how this kingdom might begin in obscurity, but it was going to eventually culminate in glory and it was going to impact and permeate the entire earth. Now, going down to verse 33, and it starts talking about the leaven. Roman cities did typically have bakeries in that time frame, but the image here is, remember where we're at, a rural Galilean woman who is fixing her own bread because in these rural cities, they didn't have the bakeries that they had in some of the bigger cities. And so we're talking about homemade bread here. And so homemade bread would require a kind of yeast called baker's yeast. And the baker's yeast, if you're a bread breaker, it's very similar to what we have. It would cause it to rise and that would be called leaven. And so there was a small piece of fermenting acidic dough that would be set aside from a former batch of bread, and that was called the leaven. And as they made the bread, they mixed the leaven in with flour and they kneaded it. And so the typical lump of leaven might have been no more than maybe 2% of the entire batch of dough. And what they would do at one time is they would measure about three pecks of flour, about a bushel, And that's what the woman would need. That's basically the most amount of dough that she could need at one time. And it would result in bread that would feed about a 100 people. And so it's this extraordinary quantity that is talking about the greatness of the kingdom, but it's starting with this very small piece. And so the mustard seed emphasizes the growth of the kingdom. And then the yeast suggests the transformation of the kingdom or the permeation, how it's going to get inside of everywhere and it's going to transform everything. So in spite of its small, vague, obscure beginnings, the kingdom of heaven is going to eventually permeate the entire world. Then moving on, it says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. 
You may wonder why. I actually got that question in our Facebook group today. Why does God teach in parables? Why did Jesus use parables? Now, we touched on this over the last couple of days, but I want you to think back to the Psalms. Now, we know that Asaph wrote some of the Psalms, and the ones particularly that he wrote, he reflected on Israel's history, and he clarified often through parables. And he was talking about the meaning of past events so that people would learn from their history and they would not be stubborn and rebellious with their hearts rebellious towards God. And, uh, you know, in all honesty, that is a very wise thing to do. We want to learn from our history so we don't repeat those mistakes. And so he in the Psalms would reflect on those parables. And so what Matthew is doing here as he's writing this gospel, he's writing down what Jesus has said is he's showing that Jesus has done a similar thing in the way that he's teaching. He's revealing in his parables the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven that have been hidden since the beginning. And it's not that these are brand new concepts. He's just explaining them to to them in a way that perhaps they understand, perhaps they don't. See, the difference is the response of the audience. Remember, we talked about how the disciples would go back into the house and he would explain things to them. So those that were spiritually alive and longing to learn about the kingdom, they will come to Jesus to get him to clarify what he was talking about. And so they can gain understanding. And then those that are spiritually dead, they're going to turn away. They're just going to say, well, that makes no sense. See, there is a little bit of work on our part in the sense that we have to want to understand what Jesus is saying. It's not sometimes just automatic, especially when we're talking about the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You know, there are certain things that our finite human minds cannot or will not understand this side of heaven. Now, there are things as we grow in our spiritual maturity and we experience spiritual growth, we will understand them better than we did when we were young believers. But this side of heaven, there are just certain aspects of God we will not understand. But yet, as we seek God, he reveals himself to us. And that might not be in the full context of what he actually is meaning. We might not understand that until we get to glory with him. But in the sense that we can learn more about God, we should always be learning and growing and seeking him and asking him for understanding for him to clarify to us what he means. And then going down to verse 42, it talks about the fiery furnace. And I just want to mention this because I think sometimes we forget about this part as believers. We want to skip past the difficult parts and we want to just go to the easy parts or the parts that make us feel good. But we have to recognize that Jesus is serious about this. And what he's doing here is he's describing what will happen to anyone who opposes God or promotes sin or does evil. They will be tormented with fire and they will suffer severely. Now, there are some religions or even cults that teach that the wicked are eventually annihilated and they just don't exist anymore. That is not what the Bible says. See, we are eternal beings. And just like followers of God will live eternally, anybody that is not a follower of God will also live eternally. Now, they are going to be thrown in the fiery furnace and they will suffer eternally. They will be in a place of torment and they will be separated from God forever. We have to take this seriously. And you know, you may be saying, you might be one of those people that's saying, why does a good God send people there? Well, the reality is, is he doesn't. They choose to go there by rejecting him. See, we're all on this default path. We're all born with this sinful nature. But God had a rescue plan, which was Jesus. And he is so gracious to us. He gives us chance after chance. And it's only when we reject him that we end up in that place. But it's his desire that no one would end up there. 
because he loves us. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread starting at verse 31. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and he went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. God, help us to take seriously this understanding that we are eternal beings and we have a choice to make. We can live forever for eternity in glory with you, or we can live eternally forever suffering separated from you. But God, I pray for my friends right now that even right now in this moment, you would convict upon their hearts if they have not made the decision to follow you, God, that you would prompt them to do that. God, you would help them to recognize that you have made a way, you have a plan to get them out of that eternal suffering because you love them. You are the creator. You created them. You long to be with them for eternity. So God, I pray right now for my friend that's on the fence that they would recognize the seriousness and that these are your words. These are the words of Jesus, God. We thank you that you reveal your heart to us and that you give us chance after chance. Lord, help us not to waste those chances, but help us to respond to the call that it is to follow you. Lord, I pray for my friends today that you would place a hedge of protection around them. You would bless them and you would keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.